This is episode 144 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Dexcom and Omnipod. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more. There are links in your show notes. This episode of the podcast is with Nikki. Nikki is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. She contacted me and wanted to talk about how she overcame her fear and just fear in general around type 1. Uh, very much towards the end of the episode, this one's a little longer than some of the other ones. We learned that Will has an issue with growth hormone uh, related to maybe celiac disease. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not a doctor, as you know. Uh, but you know, this one sort of seems like it's ending when it kind of picks back up again. So kind of make it to the end. Plus, if you're one of those people who loves to hear Arden's lunchtime boluses, this one was actually long enough where you'll hear the bolus and the progress of it all the way through to the end. And you can actually find out what our blood sugar is at the end of the podcast. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin. I think the warning maybe makes a good t-shirt. I see you guys talking about this on Facebook and social media more than anything else. Somebody will ask me a question. They're always like, I know this doesn't constitute advice. And then medical or otherwise, then there's always a lot of smiley faces. So I appreciate you guys listening. All right, let's get right to Nikki. I, I appreciate you contacting me and, and wanting, to, wanting to do this. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I just like am new to the podcast and I've been getting so much out of it. And I heard you say that one day and I'm like, you know what? I would love to connect. And, you know, I, I love one of the things that you said recently was like, I can hear myself learning as you were like revisiting an old podcast, like your hundred was your hundredth episode and you were revisiting like your 11th episode or something like right, that. Right. And it was on like the fear. And that's seriously, like, I finally feel like we're we're coming out of that because we're new to Dexcom and everything. And that just changes everything. And I just love that you said you can hear yourself learning. And it's like, that is life. Like that is, I, I just relate so much to that because it's, it's, this is a crazy disease, but yet the lessons that you learn along the way are not only like with diabetes, but with just life in general. So it's funny because there's these moments when, you know, I'm just relating our experiences and that's, you know, that's easy. And sometimes I, there's, these are things I've known for years or things that I figured out a long time ago, but once in a while I answer a question. And if you could hear my inner monologue, you'd, you'd hear me thinking, Oh God, I can't believe I didn't know that sooner. Like, how did I just figure this out now while we were having this conversation? Uh, Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. But the (laughs) the conversations are so how it happens, you you know, so Uh I'm, I'm thrilled. So I'd love to, I'd love to know a little more about, you know, what it's like to, um, to find the podcast and just sort of, you know, how it strikes you, because I, I don't understand that part. I want to hear a little bit about, you know, um, your life and what's going on and, and everything else. Hi, my name is Nikki Kerrigan, and I am a mom of two. I have a son turning 16 on um, when, or Thursday this week, and then I have another son, Will, who is going to be 13 in June, and he has type 1 diabetes. I'm married to my husband. We've been married for 17 years. He's a wine distributor, so it's kind of awesome. And I own a fitness studio in our in our community. So we are a really active family, and we just love to 
um, connect and hike and do a lot of fun family activities. Okay. And, and so your son, Will, has type 1. He does. And he, mm-hmm. and he was diagnosed how old? He was five. Okay. So eight years ago. Yep. I just ruined the, the joke that I don't know how to do math. Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> wait, hold on. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> you got it. Uh, okay. Uh, so five years old is a really kind of weird space because he, he had, he just started kindergarten. He actually, we had him in a fives program. So he was born in June. And so we decided like, Hmm, what should we do? And I'm just so glad he was in that fives program, like in retrospect, mm-hmm. because I didn't have to send him away every single day. It was like three days a week um, after the diagnosis. And that was easier on mom and dad, I have to say. <laughs> Fives is like preschool? Yeah, it was like a, like a pre-K kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so he was in and out of the house, but not every single day as he was diagnosed. Exactly. It was like a two-hour um, thing about three days a week. Now, did you, um, did you just sit outside of it? And, or how did you handle uh, the diabetes at yes, that I point? did. Yep, it's exactly what I did. <laughs> Tell me about that a little bit because I did it too, and I've never really spoken about it here before. But but how did you? So you, how, just tell me about it. That's fantastic. Sure. So um, first, when when we got back, we he was actually diagnosed over um, Christmas, which is kind of crazy. I know there was another podcast recently about that, and that was that struck a huge chord with me because pretty much a lot like our story. We were actually let out on Christmas Eve of the hospital. So we were a little bit before Christmas, but so we got home from this family. We were on a family vacation in another state, got home and we um, were like, okay, we got to like get back to real life. We've got to help Will see that this is not standing his way. And so we first, we talked to the teachers and just showed them like how to deal with lows and showed them how to check blood sugars. And like, Will was already, you know, pretty acclimated to that. But, you know, we just showed the teachers and I literally every day, the first day I almost lost my mind, like walking away from him and, you know, just thinking, okay, you know, two hours. And so I would just sit in my car and I would listen to music. Like I was, I remember just like having a CD player in my car and I would listen to my black eyed peas CD and just sit there and like, wait. And sometimes I would drive like around a little bit in the area, but I was always right there because that was probably the most heart wrenching thing to turn your kid loose into the world when they have this, this disease that feels so out of your control. Like there is nothing that you can do, you know, and so new. even you don't really even know what you're doing. So I, I was always struck by the amount of things that I imagined I didn't understand. And, yeah. and, and we did the same thing. Arden was diagnosed when she was two, but my wife's like, you know, maybe we should just get her out of the house a couple days for like preschool to get her kind of ready for, for, um, you know, for kindergarten. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, there's this place not far from here. She like a couple hours, like you're saying, and they'll, you know, they'll mess around and do crafts with them and, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. That, that sounds right. And, you know, explain the whole thing to the people. And they're like, well, look, you know, if you stay, we can do it. And I was like, well, if you, all right. I get, okay. And you know, and I was like, well, I don't want to hang right over her shoulder. And so I'll sit, I did the same thing. I went out, I sat in my car and I came back in at like certain intervals and tested her blood sugar for things. And, and it was, uh, it was just like, that, there's that uncertainty of like, you know, what's happening with her right now. And, and how do you like, let go of that? And, and it, it took a really long time, but you sounded like you were really very positive when he was, when he was first diagnosed about like not letting anything get in his way. I'm wondering is there any point where the 
momentum of your positive feelings, did it ever find resistance? Did you ever have trouble maintaining that, that feeling? Oh my gosh. Yes. A lot. And you know, it's, it's, we've always wanted to empower him and we've always wanted to empower the people around him to feel like they can help and that if they make a mistake, we can fix it. You know, like all of those things, but at the same time, like all of that and even educating family, educating friends, talking about it, it still is so hard. I mean, there are days that I just remember, like, I remember just collapsing in my kitchen in full tears because just trying to hold that up, like, you know, you almost like will yourself to a place you want to be before you're really ready. Yeah. And that's kind of what I felt like I was always doing. And then it just hit me really hard. And I just remember crying and just like really struggling and then thinking like, this is not productive. Like I have to get, I have to really start to get myself to that place because he, he needs that from me. He needs to see that from the front always. I mean, I didn't let anybody see me have that breakdown. That was a private moment for myself, but you know, so I just started to talk to the social worker at the clinic. Um, you know, even just like when I, when Will was first diagnosed, um, I was teaching aqua aerobics at a, <laughs> at a, um, fitness center in a community, a small community, not the one I'm currently in. And, um, it was to a lot of elderly people. Mm. And I remember going back to work after his diagnosis and just the things that they would say to me were so hard to, you know, it's like the same conversations and the same questions like, Oh, how's he doing? How's his blood sugar? Is everything under control? And hearing that question is everything under control. It's like, um, what day are you talking about? Because it is like every day is different, you know? And at that point we were just doing injections and, you know, you don't have a lot of control when you have injections and it, you know, it's all so new to us. And I remember just having this sense of overwhelm and just constantly feeling like, you know, yeah, I want to be this, this really positive and like, I want to empower him, but then having those conflicting thoughts of, can I just keep him in a bubble and can I just have him like with me at all times? And can I always have him in my view? I mean, it it feels like sometimes I walk that tightrope just as a mother and, you know, a caretaker of this, but I know what the right thing is. You know what I mean? And it's funny too, because the feeling that you want to keep him really close to you is you would think that hearing it from the other, from another position that you, you know, if, if it was those ladies at the, you know, at the class, maybe that if you wanted to keep her, keep well close to you, it would be so you could do a better job. So get this phantom control that somebody's talking about, except it doesn't really matter that, that right. it, it was your fear. Like, right. Fear is what wanted you to keep him close. It's the idea that if something happens, I want to be close by. Yep. Yeah. Constantly. And you know, like what, what I have been reflecting on lately, because I've really, my attitude has changed so much since we've gotten the Dexcom And what I feel like, you know, just I've had this like kind of epiphany or light bulb moment. And it's like when in fitness, we talk so much about your why, you know, your why, why do you want to be fit? Why do you want to be healthy? Like, what does healthy even mean? Like all those things, like we really take deep dives. We don't accept just healthy. Oh, I want to be healthy for my kids. Well, we don't accept that. Right. Like that's like, okay, tell me why you know, what do you want to be for you and all those things. And it's like, why do I not turn that lens around to myself with diabetes? And what I realized is that for many years, (laughs) I was driven by fear. 
you know, like I was driven by, I don't want something bad to happen. And so I will let his blood sugar run a little bit high or I will like say, Oh yeah, that's okay. Like, uh, you know, and just maybe underdose something just, just to be like, okay, like at least he won't go low or at least he won't be super sky high overnight, you know, just like finding that middle ground where I was letting him run a lot higher than I should have. And now like, you know, I'm looking at that and going, that's not the why. The why is not fear. The why is not fear. If I focus on the fear, then I'm always going to keep him in that higher range. And then we're going to start looking at down the road. We're going to look at the health problems that are associated with that. Why don't I focus on let's avoid that. Let's put you, let's make the why about your quality of life later in life. Yeah. And I I was just going to say that I am, I'm always really, um, there's, there's not a lot of opportunities for me to feel pleased with myself around the diabetes stuff. But when, you know, there's days of going by like this, you know, it's like softball seasons, like in full swing now. So Arden's weekends are spent being active for six and eight hours a day. And she inevitably gets lower, you know, in the evenings after that. And when she goes to take in a bunch of food, not just as much, Ooh, actually hold on a second. Mm-hmm. People love this. I don't know why. But or actually, I, I think I do know why. But Arden is texting about her um, her bolus for lunch. So let's do it together. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it together for a second, and then we'll get back. Yes. Uh, all right. So she says it's lunchtime. I know she had gym today. She's gonna eat in fifteen minutes. She was been, she's been really steady at ninety six for the past hour and fifteen minutes. But I lost her signal about eight minutes ago. Um, so I think she's still ninety six. But I'm just gonna ask her if she feels okay. She'll say yes. Now, while she's thinking, half a bagel, butter, that's what's in there today, uh, yodels, no, yodels, ding-dongs, I don't know, 35 <laughs> carbs. I actually looked at the carbs on them because they look so amazingly sugarific. And so then there was grapes and broccoli and chips, so 35, 45, 50, 60, 70 carbs, the drink doesn't have anything in it. And I put in some pretzels. It's gonna be like 75 carbs. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this is a nine unit situation and a basil, 10 basil. Here we go. Increase 50% for an hour. I always have to send the temp basil first. If I send the bolus first, She'll throw the bolus in and I go, oh, no, and a temp basil. She goes, oh, why wouldn't you say that before the bolus? Now I have to wait for the bolus to finish to put in the temp basil. And she seemed, I can feel how irritated she is with me through the text message. So totally. Very, very, very careful to do that. Now the nine unit bolus, she's 96. So I don't want to give it all to her right now because we have 15 minutes to go. So let's extend it. And we'll do, Four units now seems like a lot. Let's do 30% now and the rest over and half hour. No, 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 an hour. Here we go. Let's see how that works. Awesome. We're actually going to find out how well it works while we're talking still probably. So Yay, uh, good. We'll see. Um, Let me say goodbye to her and then... get rid of this text program on my computer right now and then i should get her signal back from her cgm in a second okay here we go all right now here's the biggest problem me remembering what i was about to say to you when this happened hey this ads for omnipod but before i begin there's been a big uh, announcement today 
surrounding Omnipod. And for those of you who it affects, I know this has been a long time issue for a lot of people. And I want to just let you know, Medicare Part D is now going to cover Omnipod. If you want to know more, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. But I know that is amazing news for those people who have been uh, waiting very patiently and, and actually advocating on their own. So congratulations, everybody. Medicare Part D is now going to cover Omnipod. Now, I'm running out of ad time. So if you want a tubeless insulin pump, which of course you do, Omnipod offers a free, no obligation demo pod, something you can bring into your home and just give a try to. See if you're comfortable with it. If you are, then you can move forward. If you're not comfortable, you don't have to do anything. And there's absolutely no obligation, so it's worth a try. You go to the link, myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. You put in seriously the tiniest bit of information about yourself, and this demo pod's gonna show up at your house and you can give it a whirl, see what you think. I'm not gonna push it too hard this week. I'm not gonna tell you a big story about how great Omnipod is, although I have stories. I could tell stories. But for this week, I thought knowing about the Medicare thing was such a big deal for most people, I wanted to use a little bit of this time for that. For everybody else, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out more about the demo. There's also a link in your show notes. And don't forget, if you want to learn more about the Medicare announcement, go to ardensday.com. It's right there. I'll also put a link here in the show notes. So you'll remember that before the ad and before Arden's bolus for lunch, I was about to say that there's very few opportunities for me to get really pleased with myself around diabetes. But here's one of them. This is the rest of that thought. So she's getting low, you know, or lowish or sticking low. And when the difference between here's some food to help the low blood sugar comes up and an actual meal at a weird time of day, like later at night or something like that, uh-huh. I'm pleased with myself when I have the nerve to bolus for that food, even though she's been low. You know, yeah. what I mean? like, you know what I mean? Because that really yeah. feels like not being afraid to me. Yeah. Now, every once in a while, that could backfire and maybe you have to catch it again. But... For the every once in a while where it backfires and she still stays low, there you're giving you know you're trading that for every other time where her blood sugar would have went up to 300. And I would have been like, oh, I was too afraid to do anything because she was low earlier, so I didn't. And now look what happened. And now four uh-huh. hours later, I can get it back again. I just there are two times I feel completely empowered. It's that, and you know, Arden, you know, everyone gets low, like like frighteningly low once in a while. I would say it happens to Arden a couple of times a year. Uh But when it happens, when she's like, you know, 40 and her blood sugar's falling and she's eaten, you know, the equivalency of everything in our kitchen, (laughs) when that that fall stops and I see the Dexcom bend back up again, I never Uh feel more in control than when I bolus for the food when she's still 50. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, wow, this is how I know I'm doing it. Like, you know, because... Because I trust everything about what diabetes has taught me in the past. I've stopped the fall. I've, you know, she's taken in an incredible amount of food. That food is going to start bringing her blood sugar up. Maybe I don't hit it carb for carb, you know, um, unit for unit. But I'm going to give her a, a, a most of the bo- the bolus that I know she needs for that food. And yep. and when that happens later, when you stop a crazy fall like that, and 45 minutes later your blood sugar is 110, that feels amazing to me. Like, you know, oh yeah. yeah. And I feel like I've done something, which is, totally. that, that's my equivalency of like a roller coaster. You know, other people uh-huh. would have to go to Six Flags for that feeling, but I'm, um, you know, <laughs> I, I get it right there. 
I am with you. I know I'm looking at our decks right now. And um, it's kind of cool because like, I actually sent Will a text. He was at 74 and steady. And I was like, mm, you're not going to eat for a while. I'm like, why don't you go down just do 15 grams and let's just see where you're at. And like, it has now come back up to 80 and steady. So that's going to take him right through to lunch. So it was perfect because it was, it was going down. So it was like, you know, so you 70, weren't just 74, you were falling. Cause that, cause 15, 74 falling. Cause mm-hmm. if, he's, if he's 13, then what's he weigh about a hundred pounds one way or the other? 95. He's kind of a okay. peanut. He's 71. Okay, that's, okay, that's fine. So he's 70, yeah. 70 pounds. So you mm-hmm. just need, so 15 carbs, if he was steady at 74, would have pushed him higher. So you, that's how you feel like, you know, there was still a fall coming. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Excellent. It's so awesome when you make those little tiny victories and it's like, I am so glad that he's not like, you know, it's just nice to see that 81 and steady. And then also like, here's where I feel like I'm winning too. I'm not panicking at 81 and steady where I used to, I used to be like, Oh my God, he could go low. He could go low. What if he goes low? Mm -hmm. You know, is somebody going to walk him down to the nurse or, you know, we, I don't know, you know, just all those little things. Like now I just feel like this sense of calmness. I mean, it's been years. I mean, we have had, it's not like we're brand new at this, you know, like, I mean, I, it's taken me a long time to get to this place. And I think when you have the right tools, I mean, we have the Omnipod and we have the Dexcom and we've had the Omnipod for several years, but we um, are new to the Dex, mm-hmm. and that's something we changed doctors. And this doctor was just like, um, like, why do you not have the Dexcom? And we're kind of like, I don't know, you know? I, I, so, I don't know. No one said. And yeah, right? I, I, everything that I've learned about, I learned about from somebody else at some point, too. You know, and I, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just one day, you're like, what? Somebody's using a glucose monitor. Like, What's that? And then, you know, a little bit of Googling later, and I said, oh, wow, we're getting this. You, you yeah. Know, and, and so... Well, you know, what's interesting is that you talked about walking around at 81 and feeling comfortable now. I, in yeah. my, in my, at 81, in my mind, I'm strutting around like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Right. You know, like, I'm like, wow, we right. are killing this. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the big stepping foot guy on the keep on trucking mud flaps from the 70s. I'm just like, look at how we are killing this. And, and could, could she get low? I mean... She got the Dexcom. If she starts drifting down, we'll do something about it. 81 yep. is crazy. 81 is such a – plus, you know, if you tested, it was probably like 90 anyway. And so, you know, yeah. you're just like mm-hmm. – it's just such an amazing feeling to lose the fear. And I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you a story from last week, <clears throat> excuse me, that will, I think, just magnify what it means to be without the fear completely. So this seems to happen like once a year where Arden goes to school and their technology at school just completely falls apart. So she walked in the building, I dropped her off and I got home and her blood sugar was, I think I dropped her off in the morning. It was like, she was a little over a hundred and I didn't have any feeling to think that she would go higher, but we had, she'd eaten some food on the way out the door. And so I bolus for it. And I was like, this, I remember thinking this might be a little too much when I gave it to her. And so she goes into the building and I have this like conscious thought like a half hour later, like, oh, wow, I'm not hearing anything from the Dexcom. This is great. Maybe we really did hit with this food. It's, you know, she didn't go up over 130 or I would have heard. I wouldn't have expected her to get low, but I, you know, if I did something wrong, I might have expected her to, get, to, to drift up. And so no beeping. This is great, everything. And um, then I just I start going about my business and I put my stuff down and um, I'm wearing my Apple Watch. So I figure, you know, I don't need my phone right on me, but I didn't realize I had... Um, I had muted my Apple watch. And so oh, I, so I didn't get any, so about an hour into it, I was like, wow, I, am, I must've really just perfectly gotten that bolus. Like, you know, and then I was like, maybe uh-huh. I didn't. And let me look. And so 
I looked and I there was no signal. She I I did not see. I couldn't see her Dexcom at all. And right. so I was getting the no signal thing after a half an hour, but I didn't feel it on my watch. And so now I text her and the text doesn't go through. And I oh was my like, God. Oh, she's in like she's in like the Bermuda Triangle of of cell signals and 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 Wi-Fi right now. Something had to have happened at the school. But I'm still just like, okay, let me let it ride a little bit. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to be the guy who calls the office. Like, I can't reach my daughter. So I'm just like, it's going to be fine. She'll notice if she gets low. And, you know, blah, blah. She still got her 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 CGM. Like, I don't have it, right? Even, right. even though she's 12. And if I'm being 100% honest, I think that thing could actually scream at her in English. You're about to die. And she might literally just ignore it. You know, so... Um, <laughs> She's like, wow, why is my phone telling me I'm going to die? I guess I could look, but probably not. And right. you know, so like I try to text. I can't get texts to go through. <clears throat> a little while later, I go to my fallback idea. I'll call her. Sometimes when you – it's crazy as it sounds. It seems like when you send a different type of signal through the, through the system, sometimes it picks up one and not the other. Uh-huh. Phone call goes right to voicemail. I'm like, huh. So I send a find your iPhone signal. I'm like, this thing is uh-huh. like – this is the Superman of all signals. This one bursts through everything. That didn't work. But I also had a breakfast with a friend. So I had been driving to, to this restaurant. I go out to eat uh, three times a year. I have a very exciting life. And so, um, <laughs> and so I was like, I wasn't going to cancel with my friend just because I couldn't get through. And we're sitting there and I'm trying to text and everything. And finally I said to her, I'm like, look, I can't wait any longer. If she's low, it's going to start happening right now. So I called the school and I get the, the front office voicemail picked up and I was like, wait, does this happen? You know, like, so now, so now I have to call the nurse's office cause I know she'll pick up. But if you listen to the podcast, you know, Arden doesn't go to the nurse. Uh-huh. She doesn't know the nurse. The nurse has no goings on, you know, there's no interaction at all with Arden's blood sugar. Um, and so I was like, hey, and I said, hi, I said, here's what's happened. I said, the cell service is down in the building and the, it seems like the Wi-Fi is not working. I need you to get Arden and, and bring her up because I have no idea what her blood sugar is and she could be low. And, he, and she goes, oh, sure, sure. And so she has her come up. And my phone rings a couple minutes later. Arden is here. We've tested her blood sugar. She's 56. And I was like, okay. I said, um, I said, can you put her on the phone? Well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I'd like you to put her on the phone. And so I was like, I said, uh, how you feel? And she goes, I'm all right. I was like, okay. I said, drink a juice. Wait, wait five minutes and go back to class. Um, right. and, and she's like, Oh, okay. And I can hear her saying to the woman, my dad's just, gonna, we're just going to drink this juice. And she's so mature while she's saying it to her. It wasn't like a child, um, echoing her father or anything. Like she, she knew that the phone call was just, Arden knew the phone call was just to, to stop the nurse, like from being like, Oh my God. And so, uh, Arden's like, I very calmly Arden goes, Hey, I'm just going to drink this juice and I'll head back to class in a couple of minutes. And give me the phone. And I hear the, hi, I'm going to keep her here and retest in 15 minutes. I was like, listen, you can do that if you want. You really don't need to. She's not 56 and falling. She's 56. And I said, and this juice is going to bang her right back up to 85. And uh-huh. she, goes, she goes, but she's going to gym next. And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. And she's, she's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep her. I'm like, I said, you know what? You should do whatever you want. Thank you very much for your help. I was very polite and everything. And she's like, yeah. So a, a, a few minutes later, not 15 minutes later, Arden's um, texting me, hey, I rebooted my phone. It's working again. I was like, okay, great. And she's like, um, 
She's like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and and her blood sugar was like 64 diagonal up. She's like, she won't let me leave. And I said, just, and I texted her back. I was like, just make her happy and stay a couple more minutes. And, uh-huh. and, and she was like, oh, okay, okay. And then she left and she went off the gym, went to gym. And then we pre-bolused for lunch and she was off on her way. But I'm going to tell you that if that happened to me years ago, I would have uh-huh. been like at the school at the front door, like banging on the front door, yelling, my daughter's dying in there. And, right. and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and so the, the process that we've gone through that we've talked about in the podcast of, you know, figuring out that, you know, the fear was the thing that was holding us back from her going to school and or overnight uh-huh. sleepovers and all this stuff. I've uh-huh. so eliminated the fear that I just, there, I mean, 56 is low. I'm not telling you it's not low. But right. I'm I wouldn't panic at fifty six. Not I mean fifty six and falling, I would have been a little more like short with my words. I've been like, look, you need to have her drink a juice, let's shut her basil off. Let's do, I would have had more to do. But at fifty six and stable, I was like, she's gonna drink that juice, her blood sugar doesn't go back up in a couple minutes. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, but if you could have heard the nurse who lives in a different world with the other uh-huh. kids that have diabetes there, she was like well, you know, I, I'll put the process into place. It was almost like watching like a bad show about the about the uh, the White House. You know, they're we're on lockdown. Everyone gets to the Situation Room. All the lights <laughs> in the room go dim. You know, like I was like, it's just let her drink the juice and just make sure she puts another one back in her bag. Uh, right. And that was that was sort of it. Uh, but I, it sounds like you're closer to that than than not. But you're you're at this for eight years. How long did you spend afraid, and when did you start coming out of it? What happens when perhaps the most impactful piece of diabetes technology in the last decade has a long, boring name like continuous glucose monitor? Well, what happens is it's confusing a little bit. That's why I try every week to tell you about Dexcom, so that one day you won't just think of a tissue and a Kleenex as the same thing, because Kleenex is a brand name. A tissue is the description of that brand name. A CGM is the description, Dexcom is the brand name. Now, none of that helps take away the fact that continuous glucose monitor is a very, very unsexy grouping of words. But here is what is exciting. Everything you've heard today on this podcast, wrapped around diabetes, everything you've heard for 143 episodes about it, the idea that you can see the direction of your child's blood sugar of your blood sugar not just the direction it's going but the speed it's going in that direction and what's the number am i 90 diagonal up am i 90 and stable am i 90 and falling fast well there's a big difference between those three things a big difference how about when we're bolusing for a meal and you can see stability like we're talking about today with arden's lunch when you can see that stability you can feel comfortable this bolus was right my pre-bolus was right my goodness this is something you want to have This amazing information is available remotely because of the Dexcom share and follow apps. They're available for Android and for Apple phones. Just imagine someone being able to see your blood sugar or you being able to see your child's blood sugar in real time. Not just what the number is, but which direction it's moving and how fast it's getting there. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to learn more. You will not be sorry. You know, I was probably um, driven by fear for the first, I would say, like, probably four to five years, I would maybe say. And, you know, I think some of that had to do with just like, I think I was a little nervous to reach out for support. There were things that, 
you know, when, when you don't have a circle of support, um, and, and I don't mean that in like, I have an awesome, you know, network of friends and family and all that, but it's like people like you, people like, uh, you know, I'm in a, a, a type one diabetes moms group on Facebook, you know, things like that just help you have those conversations that, you know, even your, your friends with the most well-intentioned, you know, just coming up to you and asking you and like saying, no, explain it to me. And you explain it to them. And they're just like, you know, you can tell what's going over their head. It would have gone over my head, you know, like it's, it's that kind of stuff and getting the support and just like being around other people that have it. One of Will's really good friends has it, um, which is crazy. And so his mom, like just, having that little network has gotten me out of that fear and, you know, just. So information, because the difference between support, the difference between Mm -hmm. support from well-meaning people and support from somebody who understands exactly what's going on and can offer some thoughtful commentary back again. That's the, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the support you're talking about is that being around people who are living the same life you are. Exactly. And like we went to um, the ADA gala, my husband actually, his, um, the wine company that he works for did something and he got tickets to the ADA gala. And I'm like, well, absolutely let's go. And I remember they showed this whole thing on camp Needlepoint, which is, uh, do you guys have camp Needlepoint? Um, I'm sure the camps all have different names. The, the one that we just did in the um, podcast last week, which by the time yours goes up, will be months ago, but, um, is the one that's closer to me. It's uh Najaya. Okay. Yeah. And so like locally around here, and I know they have a few in this in a few of the other states around here, but, um, so Camp Needlepoint, they did this whole presentation and I was like, there is no freaking way I will send my kid to a camp. Like, sorry, no. (laughs) You're explaining the camp and you're you're hearing, uh, so I lock him in a garbage truck and then it crushes him. Is that what you just said? Cause it feels like that's what you just said. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not killing him for your camp. That's what this is. (laughs) you murderers. And <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. I mean, right. you're, they're showing me videos of like the kids swimming and doing all these great things. And I'm like, oh, hell no. They're you being know, forced no way. to be happy for the video. I see what's going on right. here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it just freaked me out. The idea of that freaked me out. And then I remember just kind of coming out of that thinking and we'd gone to the gala. I think it was like three years that we went to that gala. And finally, I, I was like, okay, you know what? Like he needs to go, like mm. he needs to go. And I've heard from other people like in that mom's group, Camp Needlepoint's amazing. And then other people we met in the community who like said, oh, does we'll go to Camp Needlepoint? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know? You don't love fine. your children the way I do, obviously. And it, no, cause it is scary. That's the whole concept of it is even when they're like, no, don't worry, they will be watched with people who have diabetes and everyone, by the way, this camp's been operating for, you know, dozens of years and no one's ever blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, no, 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 do you can't fool me. (laughs) Right. Totally. Oh yeah. It took me so long. And so Will has gone now for three years and he, um, is going to go again this next year. And it's like, for me, the camp and like getting the Dexcom, I think, well, in the Omnipod with along the way, Mm -hmm. you know, when you are using injections, like, that is like you're shooting arrows in the dark and it's really hard. I don't know how we ever got through those years and those days and those nights because like, I can't believe what we have in front of us today with the decks and the Omnipod like that. These are lifesavers. And I, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that we have this technology that can help us move forward. So we're not constantly in the dark anymore. 
Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I, I've said it a bazillion times, but I genuinely don't know how to accomplish most of the things I do without it. Although I am going to try again pretty soon. I'm going to set up another podcast with a person who is doing injections and and mm-hmm. says, says they're doing amazing, and I, I want them to explain to me how because we actually have a, a, a there's an episode that's recorded that's not up yet where we I tried that. I got on with a mom who does injections, and I said, okay, so you know, let's, you know, can I, can we have you on and you can tell us how you're doing great with injections. And the first thing she said is we're not doing great. <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah. this isn't going to go the way we, that I was hoping. So we talked about why it's not going great. You know, just still have a really good conversation, but I've got this gentleman who's like, no, we're doing it. And so I'm going to try again to have that conversation because I can't, in my mind, I can't figure it out. So I couldn't for a very long time and I can't now. And, and now maybe I'm I don't want to say I'm spoiled, but maybe I am spoiled, like to some degree. You know, we, we, you know, it's been twenty, literally exactly twenty minutes since Arden did her her um her pre bolus. She's, uh-huh. she's been in the lunchroom now for five minutes. Her blood sugar's one hundred and seven. Oh wow! And, you know what I mean? And now uh-huh. she's she's eating now, and just uh-huh. as the, just as the food starts to hit her, the insulin's going to come down. I'm even like looking at her now. Like there's part of me that wants to cancel the extended bolus. Right. And put all of it in. Uh-huh. Like whatever the balance of what it didn't go in goes in now. But I'm going to wait a couple more minutes because I think this could still work out. Like there's part of me who's like, oh, I should have maybe broke out the balance of the extendables for a half an hour, not an hour. Uh, right. But I did that because she's got a lot of vegetables in her meal and a heavier bread. And I think those things are going to take longer to start affecting her. Yep. And, you know what I mean? But it's in my mind, I'm like, but what if she eats the yodel first? Right. <laughs> that's, that is the entire thought process right now, by the way, about whether or not my extended bolus is at the right distance. It's totally. if, she, if she grabs the broccoli and the, and the, and the grapes and the bagel first, uh-huh. then my one hour is perfect. And if she dives into the yodel first, I'm completely screwed. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh my gosh. So. Isn't it just, it's like, you're always kind of crap shooting in so many ways, you know, with this and but gosh, to be able to have the the structure and like just seeing the numbers and having your, just watching the lines and being able to have that in front of you makes such a huge difference. I mean, I, even if you were on injections and you were doing this, I mean, I, I don't know. What I like about the Omnipod too is the, the fact that we can play around with those um, temp basils and extended boluses and, you know, really take those deep dive. And I remember when we first got the Omnipod, I was like, whoa, that's way too much information. You know, I essentially for quite a while used it just as I would have injections, yeah. you know, and just, it was like an insulin delivery system, you know, and now it's like, as you move into, move out of the fear and into just that sense of control. And then just knowing that, you know what, I've got this Dexcom backing me up. Like I can look at this in real time at every second. Yeah. I can fix my mistakes. Well, when you talked about the 74 blood sugar earlier that was falling and it needed the 15 grams, if that 74 was very steady and there was no insulin going on, you probably could have tried. And I, I imagine you would have like a temp basil, maybe shutter basil, mm-hmm. or shut, off for a half an hour and see if you couldn't mm-hmm. get that same drift that way. I, that goes back forever to me when we were doing injections when Arden was a baby and I would have those conscious thoughts like I wish there was just a button I could push to stop her her slow acting insulin from working for a while. You, you know, right. and, and there is a button now. So you just I know. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I know. The, it it terrifies me now to think back to using Lantus because you 
you lose that ability to pull that back. And it's like, once that is in, that is in. Yeah, it does what it does. And, 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 and you don't really know, you know, I guess, I guess I, I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor, obviously. And I'm sure the people who make slow acting insulins would not be thrilled, but I don't think that it works <laughs> steadily for 24 hours the way they say it does. So, no. you know, you know, and so there's times where it works, it's less, you know, less effective, more effective, you know, um, th there's a lot of different issues and you don't know, it's all a guessing game, you, you know, it is. at least with this, you can say, I'm going to do a temp basal off for like, we did it the other night. Um, I, I bolused Arden's like, Arden wanted ice cream. Mm -hmm. And so I went out and she's like, I want you to go to this place and get ice cream. And I was like, all right, she had a long weekend and she did a really good job. I was like, okay, I'll go. So I went out and I got ice cream. I brought it back. She's like, I want caramel and whipped cream on it. I was like, okay. So I gave it to her. I texted her when I was about five minutes from now. So I'm like, but, you know, this is what I want you to bowl. She bolus it, comes home, starts eating the ice cream. She's about halfway through it. And she goes, I shouldn't have got the whipped cream. It melted on the ride back. This is disgusting. And she hands it to me. No. Like, but we did the insulin with the thing already. What are we talking about here? You know, and I was just like, I was yeah. like, okay, hold on, this is, let me breathe for a second. And and I didn't make a big deal out of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's disgusting when the whipped cream melts. And I was, I was like, yeah. And she hands it to me. And I'm like, okay, we'll shut your basil off for an hour. So I started doing the right. her, her basil that time, and it's 1.1. I gave her, you know, three units for the ice cream. It wasn't a very big one. But, you know, she did eat some of it. So I'm like, maybe I can get lucky here and trade basil for bolus and let's see. And uh -huh. uh, it worked out fine. Like, it, it worked yep. out so fine. It, you know, it just, there was no issue around it at all. Um, yep. You know, with the, with, you know, injections, I would have just been like, well, you better figure out something else to eat because we're not stopping now. Now we got to feed the insulin, you know, you know, that you've got that you... That, you know, that was for this. On board, yeah. yeah, yeah oh my gosh. Just, I know. It really it's, is great. It is. It's crazy. And I remember so when um when we were first diagnosed, um, so we were on a trip visiting my husband's parents who lived in California. And um so we were just we noticed some things going on with Will and I called my nurse back here and she just said, I don't want to alarm you, but I think you need to go into the emergency room right now. And so I went <laughs> That's to the an odd like, statement. I don't want to alarm I you. <laughs> Please come right? to the emergency room right now. <laughs> I know. And that was exactly what her words were, word for word. And I was like, okay. Um, and this is like a woman that like saw me as a baby. And so she's known me my whole life. And she said that to me. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So Kathy's serious. I got to get going. So Nikki, I want you to get upset, but you're on fire. <laughs> you might want to skip over the well wishes about hoping you're not going to get upset and just go right to the, hey, you pack just up a couple right of in. things and get to the hospital. <laughs> I don't oh know why God. I find that amusing for some reason. <laughs> well, it is now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. back then it wasn't. Now. Yeah. Oh my God. Back then I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You yeah. know, and just, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, totally. So when we went into, so we had our little boot camp, you know, that they basically put you through um, when they admit you into the hospital. And the way they did it in California was so different than Minnesota. And so, um, you know, and of course, I didn't learn that until we got back to Minnesota. But we, um, so in California, what they had us do, this was so crazy. So we had the Lantus, and then we had Humalog and Humalin. And so we would have to mix those two. And we had like these certain time intervals that we had to give Will insulin. 
And it didn't matter. Like it wasn't like with the food always, like it was really bizarre. It was like, okay, at this time, at this time. And then every meal, it was like his meals were 45 carbs. They always had to be 45 carbs and his snacks always had to be 15 carbs and they had to be spaced out in these intervals. They were, and it was they were do- eight years ago. They were teaching. Um, they were still teaching this in California. Yeah, say, yeah I still meet people. Ago. I still meet people now, by the way, that that are taught like this. Wow. Yeah, it's so archaic. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just like and mixing that humalog and humulin. Like I'm sorry, like that is insane. When you're trying to do that as a, a new parent, like starting with like <laughs> having these needles that you've got to shoot into your child that you're still getting your brain around that, you know, and then having to mix the insulin. And if you accidentally mess up, you have to throw it away and start over. I mean, it's just like, it's an odd, it's an odd thing, especially in the beginning, because everything they teach you, everything you need to know for diabetes, especially when it's coming through needles and everything, it feels like such a thing that's supposed to happen at a hospital. Like it's almost like if someone said, Hey, you know, you're going to get chemotherapy for your cancer. Um, here it is. Do it at home. You, you know, like yeah, yeah. You, right. you'll figure it out. There's a couple of sheets of paper, and there you watch a video on YouTube. You're gonna get it. Like you know, like it just. It seems like when when you're being taught it, you're just like, no, that seems like something that happens at a hospital. We live here now. We're, we're right. now. This is you know. I now I live here, and you'll give me the the and she'll eat the food. And we'll all grow old together in this hospital room because because that doesn't seem like something a person has to do at home, and, and it really does strike you in the beginning like that, and then you figure it out. But. Um, but yeah, but they've got you all that plus mixing and, and eating the interval eating with a five-year-old sounds Ugh. maddening actually. So totally. And, Cause I'm assuming Will wasn't always hungry. No, right. not at all. You know? And so it was just like trying to, you know, you feel so bad and you're like, dude, you got to eat this buddy. Like trying to talk him into it and, mm-hmm. you know, help it, letting him decide what to eat. I mean, we like racked our brain and fortunately we only had to do that for about like, I don't know, a few weeks because we had to do that at home until we could get in with our doctor here yeah. and meet whoever our doctor was going to be, you know, and it was just kind of a weird transition to have that happen out of town and then come here and then meet a new doctor. And then she set us up with this new program, which was so much easier with just, you know, the Humalog and the, and the Lantus. Yeah. Um, that made life a little bit easier. And I do get it. Like, I think, you know, when I think about Lantus and I think about, you know, like we are really involved parents, Mm -hmm. you know, like we want to do this. We are so committed to helping our kids be healthy and strong. And there are kids out there that don't have parents in their life like us. And so I can see where Lantus and things like that still play such a huge and strong role in the, you know, medical community. But I think when you are ready to take a deep dive like this, like that's kind of obsolete in our world. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's one of the things that I, I hope the podcast is doing for somebody, and I don't know if it reaches people who aren't motivated, you know, to the to that extra level like you're talking about. But I want I, I so badly want people to understand that it is so much less effort to keep someone's blood sugar at a hundred than it is to fight with someone's blood sugar who's two fifty and then it's forty and then it's three hundred again. Like that that takes a lot of effort. You know, totally. fig, you know, you figure it out in the beginning. And even without the technology, you can figure out enough that it's not bouncing around like that. With the technology, if you're if you're fortunate enough to be able to to get it, it it just it's so much simpler to live like this like than than that. I know that sounds weird if you're if you're not at it yet, if you're struggling to get to it, then it that that sounds like you want to come here and hit me with a board probably. But 
but you know, like, but now we are now we are literally over thirty one minutes past Arden's pre bowls, and our blood sugar is a hundred, and it's just starting to. If you look on the the very edge of the three hour line on our Dexcom, it's heading down, and so yeah. so now we're gonna see it. I, I'm hoping it goes down another fifteen points before it levels back out again. And, That's so and, awesome, and, and that was the goal, but but. I don't have to pay attention to it. I'm looking at it now so you and I can talk about it. If you and I weren't talking, I wouldn't be look I, I wouldn't have my phone out. You, you know what I mean? Like it's right. it but if her blood sugar was you know 200 going into lunch and now I'm watching it climb up to 300 while she's eating, then I'd be fixated on it. I'd be thinking about you know, do I have to bring her home? Does she have to drink water? Do I have to change her insulin pump? Like what is instead there's there's nothing to think about. It's at 100. Huh? You, you know. I know. So. It, it, it's it's as counterintuitive as it sounds. It is easier to keep someone steady at, an, at near an optimal blood sugar than it is to fight with it going all over the place. Now, the the of course the rub is to get to that spot, but yep, yeah, and it's liberating when you can get there because like just holding onto that fear and going, oh, I'll just let him run a little bit high, you know, like. That was always kind of my, was my go-to, like, oh, if he's a little bit high, that's okay. You know, then if he's active or, you know, then it's okay. It's okay. And I would just sort of talk myself into it being okay. But then it was always these fights and sleepless nights, you know, meaning fighting the blood sugar Mm -hmm. and sleepless nights for me. You know, he sleeps through it all, which is great. Like, I'm so glad he does and that I can be there for all of this because this is the learning curve. And then when I send him out into the world, you know, like, those are all, you know, the things that kind of go through my mind, like how he's going to do this without me and blah, 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 blah. But sure. you know what? I'm making myself too important. Like he is going to do great with this. And it's, it's so, um, you're so right. It is so much easier. Like we've had a couple really good days lately and they're so easy. I mean, it's just like, you just, oh my gosh, it's like 10 times easier. Here, well, here's where I think the, you know, cause we never really talk about this, but if I extrapolate out the, you know, I always think about the, the, I guess the speed bumps on the way to what you were talking about earlier. Like, right. So I first have to successfully translate everything that I've learned into my daughter without making uh-huh. her crazy. Right. That's the uh-huh. first thing. Then you have to get past this idea, which is right now she has a caregiver. There's someone she gets to think about her life and not about this too much. And she does, but not, not, not like I do probably. Uh-huh. How do you get that onto her without it burdening her? And uh-huh. then who gets you up at two o'clock in the morning? Because then there's this other thing, right? Like if you told me I had to wake up at two o'clock in the morning for my health, I would sleep through it and die earlier. And, and, and <laughs> but, but if you told me I have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning for my kid's health, then I can uh-huh. accomplish that. Right, right, right. Like, and and when something goes wrong in the very beginning, I would take it as a defeat. But then I realized I can't think of it like this. If I do, I'm not helping her. I have to take it as information that I learn from. And so now, even though the things that I see as as shortcomings in my decisions are not as big as they used to be, impactful as her health. Like this morning is a great example. Like I woke up this morning at six o'clock. Um, Arden's terrible at getting out of bed on her own. So she's trying to figure out how to do it. So she's setting up these multiple alarms on her phone with these, <laughs> with these obnoxious alarms that are going off earlier than she needs to get up. My wife and I are like, Oh my God, stop. But I'm like, you have to let her do it. Like she's trying to teach herself how to hear it. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. so, I'm like, oh, so let her do it. So she's getting, you know, she, but I wake up for her alarm blaring through the house that apparently no one hears but me and, um, uh-huh. and, and Kelly and, uh, 
and her blood sugar is 128 and it's been there since four o'clock and I have her high threshold set at 130. So it never alarmed. In my mind, that 128 felt like I, was, I wasn't upset, but I wished it wasn't there. You, you know what I mean? Like that felt high to me. Yeah. And so as I walked into her room, because she wasn't up yet to give her this insulin, um, it started to diagonal up. And I was like, oh, yeah, see, now she's waking up and her body's kind of kicking in and everything. And it went to 140 before I got it back down again. And I look at it here. It, it did 140. And then by 8 o'clock, which was two hours later, we had it back down again. And I couldn't be too overly aggressive with it because I had to walk into the pre-balls for, for, I could have been more aggressive if she was home than if she was going to school is what I'm saying. And, uh-huh. so, and so she was 140 for two hours. Now, I can get into a time machine back when I would have thought that that was me just, you know, at the pinnacle of diabetes success. And, and, it, and yet now it's like it, it weighed on me for a couple of minutes this morning. I was like, oh, okay. And, uh-huh. and, then I, and then I just was like, that's when I started thinking, like, I might move her high threshold to 120 soon. Like, because what I'm learning more than anything is that wherever I set those lines, we seem to stay in between them. That is such a good point. Yeah. Yes. And because, because you react, right? Because you're, mm-hmm. and, and, and people are like, oh, you must be reacting constantly. But I figured out how to stay pretty stable. So, so no, I, not really. Like, I may, I, maybe I would like to know which mm-hmm. is 120, not 130. And uh, yep. as soon as I feel like we can accomplish that, then I'm going to get to that. And by the way, she is now 36 minutes after a pre-bowl. She's 95. So, awesome. So it really is going well. I'm feeling pretty good about this one, by the way. Um, that's, that's a victory. <laughs> yeah. well, and forget that. Like, I'm hoping people hear what I did with the extended bowls. Yes. How I spread yes. the out a little bit and thought about the food. That's, that's why I'm... I, I get so many notes back that are, people are saying, hey, yeah, last week's podcast was great, but I really like the way you talk through Arden's bolus like in real time. And I was like, oh, okay. Huh? I, was, I was just doing that because I was too lazy to stop the recording and keep going, but it turned out to be positive. So I was like, oh, I'll keep doing it. I, no, you should keep doing that. I would agree. I, I think that's really cool because, yeah, it's like, okay, you, you do. You need to talk this stuff through and like give it some, okay, she's going to do this, she's going to do that. Okay, perfect, perfect. You know, you can just really no one else understands those conversations. And so when you have those and like hear other people having those, you're like, yeah, okay, totally dude. I would do the same thing. Can you <laughs> I mean, imagine what it would sound like to someone who didn't have diabetes, like all these odd buzzwords and <laughs> phrases and everything. And you know, it just, yeah. it'd be like if you walked into a doctor's appointment for somebody who was sick with something you'd never heard of before. And they're just like, I don't understand anything they're saying to me, but it makes so much sense. Oh, you know, if you're totally. With it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I was on, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on the phone. It was so funny. I was talking to Mark and my husband and I was in Target and I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Will has been high all day. And I like said that loud and I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so <laughs> ridiculous to other people. Like they're like, oh my God, who's high at her house? Like yeah, what are they smoking? You know, it's, it's child so is on meth. And yeah. so, yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a shame. That's why she's at Target. And, right. uh, and so, <laughs> I love that. I, I, I've thought like six times. At a different point in American history, your husband would be a bootlegger. It's so great. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so much more exciting, I think, than selling wine legally for some reason. <laughs> totally. I know. You should see our house. We, and, you know, he just had to convince me to get another wine fridge. And, like, we have to have these dual zone wine fridges. So one for the red, one for the white. Like, it's just, it's, 
you know, I can't complain, to be honest. It's pretty nice. <laughs> if, the bills are, if the bills are getting paid, I don't see a problem with any of this. And so, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. And obviously, you have Dexcom. So you have, is that through your insurance, by the way, or are you paying cash? Yes. So we, we do have it. We have to pay like our, um, we have to pay, well, I, I believe we get some sort of benefit through it. We have to pay with a certain, like those HSA money or whatever. And then we have, um, like our deductible, sorry, that we, yeah, yeah. you know, eat. and then once that's met, we're, we're good. You're all good, yeah. I feel very uh-huh. fortunate every time. I just ordered uh, insulin pumps recently, and, you know, I, uh-huh. paid, I think I paid, I don't know, $120 for them or something like that. So, um, so th- that always feels very fortunate when, when that's happening. Because, and that is the other side of it. Like, you know, you're talking about, <clears throat> about what do you say to your kids about how to pass this off to them at the same time. Geez, like, what do you like? Once they're not insurable by you anymore, you know. Yeah. I never, when I was in my early twenties, I wanted to have health insurance when I switched jobs, but it wasn't the most important thing that happened or didn't happen to me. You know, it's it's a different, it's it's a just a completely different situation. You know, it's oh yeah. yeah. So I, I it's hard to think about, and uh, and it's hard to it's, I don't know. It's just hard to you don't want to think too far ahead with diabetes. Sometimes I think sometimes I think it's good to just today and tomorrow and that that's enough you, you know try not to yep. wonder, try not to wonder about 10 years from now because things will change anyway and you'll think oh I, I worried about that for no reason or or whatever it'll end up being or or you know I don't know no I hear you it's like I just stop myself and you know it's funny just like with my husband being in like the wine industry and stuff honestly like when I was sitting in the waiting room to be admitted into with for him to be admitted First of all, I couldn't get a hold of my husband, so I was sitting there by myself with Will, and he's just five and playing, and I'm just sitting there, and I remember just the stream of thoughts that went through my head, and they were so, like, far out, like, to the future, like, they nothing present was coming into my mind, and I remember thinking silly things, like, what if he wants to drink alcohol, like, what if he, you know, just all those things that, like, I'm like, how am I going to do this, how am I going to do this, and you just, you, it's so bizarre how you can really get yourself caught up in that wheel of thoughts it's like you're on a hamster wheel of things you can't do anything about anyway so yeah. you know it's like turn around and just it's like breaking today. up with your girlfriend when you're 15 and you yeah. can't stop your brain from going what if this would have happened and what if that like i remember walking out of the carb counting class like the third day into Arden's diagnosis at the hospital and my wife just looks at me and she blurts out is she going to be able to have a baby and she starts crying and i was like i don't right. know i was like i have no idea um Right. I'm sure. Yes. Like, like, but I don't know. And God, you're crying. Like you're Irish. You never cry. And so <laughs> <laughs> until that point, I didn't even think her tear ducts worked. I was like, wait, what's right. going on? I was like, Is, has the ice around your heart began to melt? I'm not sure. What's, I'm, I hope the Irish listening are not insulted, but my wife is very stoic. And so like, you know, like you just, I don't know. She was crying. I was like, my God, if you're crying, we must be in trouble. You know, like, you know, and I was taking it at, at that moment coming out of the, out of the carb counting class, it hit me like a ton of bricks. There was, I believe eight or nine families around this giant conference table. They had all been diagnosed in the last couple of days at this hospital. Uh-huh. And we were all in this carb counting class together. And as I walked out of the room, it hit me. If there were nine families, there were eight women sitting around the table in chairs with eight men standing behind them listening. And I was sitting in the chair with my wife standing behind me because I'm a stay-at-home dad. And uh-huh. so then I was like, oh, it, like I put the two and two together. I'm like, the people sitting down, 
they were the people who are going to get hung on hung with doing this when they get home. Like, right. Like this is me. And, yep. and then we tried to go back and count carbs in the room with the nurse and give it. And I was, you know, there was this math, you know, it's some formula and I started doing it. I, I lost my ability to do simple math. I couldn't do fractions anymore. Like everything just left my head. Oh yeah. And, and I, I broke down and started crying, trying to draw up a, a the syringe and uh-huh. to the point where my wife looked at the nurse like and saved me and she's like, you should probably just come back later. Like he needs, a, he needs a minute. And I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was such an ugly crier too. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm like, it's going to be fine. And Kelly's like, I don't think so. And so she's like, well, let's get this woman out of here. So she can't tell the story later. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like completely falling apart. And Kelly's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't remember how to do anything. Yeah. You know, and I can't mm-hmm. figure out the math, even though I know it's simple. None of it mm-hmm. makes sense. And then I just said, I feel like I'm going to kill her. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's how, that's how all that felt. And I was just like, oof. I remember when we got home because we were on vacation too when Arden was diagnosed because that's what happens when you're diagnosed with, of course. You're on vacation. Um, and we got home and my wife's like, what would help? And I was like, well, you're going to go back to work in a couple of days. Like, clean the house. Like, mm-hmm. like, do everything that I'm supposed to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I'll just think about this. And, uh-huh. and that was the beginning of a very long and sad couple of years of me and Arden, you know, hunkered down while I'm staring her in the face going, I wonder if she's high or low right now, you, you, yeah. you know, like, like for two years that, yep. um, that went into, that went into more years. Like she didn't, Arden didn't get, didn't get a CGM until I think she was five or six. Like it was a while ago. Uh, uh-huh. but, but we'd been at it for a very long time with our, our little freestyle meter and the needles. So right, that's what we did too. And, you know, to kind of like rub salt in the wound or whatever, we also ended up getting diagnosed with celiac. And so <laughs> I know it's like, really, <laughs> we're so lucky and the hits just keep on coming. So yeah, that was also, you know, like when, when you're faced with this and then you're already just like, you know, kind of, I mean, not, we didn't really put restrictions around any food, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty healthy. We eat really healthy around here. We focus on, you know, meals and snacks being the trifecta is what we call it. Like it has to be a fat, a carb and a protein. And like, day drinking know. wine. But Day drinking, <laughs> yes. <laughs> While we it, lunch. It, we're not now. drunk. It's the business. <laughs> yeah, it's the business. We have to do that. I'm working. <laughs> Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was like, it just was kind of, that was like another layer to it. And if you were to ask Will, if you were to sit down and just say like, Will, you know, what, how, how are things going with diabetes and celiac? He would, he would tell you like, he doesn't mind diabetes. He doesn't mind diabetes. Mm-hmm. He hates celiac. Like that to him is just such a worse life sentence. Um, and I'm just like, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty eye-opening. Um, to me. And then at the same time, like we've also had some complications. So it's funny you asked me like, you know, he's probably about a hundred pounds or whatever. It's like, he also is experiencing some growth issues from celiac disease. Mm-hmm. So we've been having, you know, bone age, um, scans done of his hand since he was really little. Um, and, um, so he was diagnosed with celiac after type one diabetes. And so we've had the bone age scans done and he's, his bone age is actually 10 years old. And for a 10-year-old, it's even on the small end of things. So they're looking right now into whether he's a candidate for growth hormone. 
So okay. it's, and is that attached to the celiac and the diabetes? Because I know that I know people who've gone through this with their kids, um, uh-huh. and it's a it's another endocrine. It's a different kind of endocrine issue. Um, but I don't know that is is are they related? Has anyone said? Yeah. So his um, endocrinologist believes it has to do with the celiac disease. So um, not diabetes. Um, you know, his blood sugar has been you know not way whack out of control or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like so, it shouldn't have anything to do with that. So according to what he says, and he's just looking at that. He's had um, a test. I believe it was a pituitary test where he was in the hospital for about six hours, and they had to do this they had to give him some medication and then watch what it did with, I don't, I can't remember all the details right now, but that came back normal. Like he does excrete growth hormone, but something is off with it. And so, you know, I think sometimes when we have wonky numbers and things like that, like sometimes I wonder if it has to do with all of that, they all sort of, you know, um, there it's like a symphony, you know, all of it. And so conspiring against you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of in the process of waiting to find out if he's a candidate for growth hormone. Okay, what what would make him a candidate, you know? Yeah, so um, basically they, right now they look at his growth chart and he has kind of flatlined. And he's done this almost every year of his life. Like he'll grow a little bit and then he flatlines. Mm-hmm. And so they take, and, and I don't know all of the details, like they look at the way that the curve, you know how, do, you know how when you go in for your appointment, they show you like, here's how he's tracking or here's how she's tracking, you know, among the averages and whatnot. And there's a Z score that they look at. And I believe what that has to do with is like, is like velocity or it's, it's some calculation that they make. And so the Z score, I apologize. I don't know all the details, yeah. but you know, this, I walked away with like, what do I need to know from this? You know? Yeah. Um, what do I need to understand? And the big thing was, is that Z score needs to be a 2.2 and his was a 2.27. So he's like, you know, the doctor said he will have to basically, um, like petition to get that approved. Like it'll be, he said, I'm, I'm guessing that they will say no at first and then they will probably say yes after we continue to try to push it through because his, according to like their growth scale and everything now, um, if he, if we did nothing, he would probably reach about five foot six. Um, but his genetic potential is somewhere around five, nine or five, 10. So, um, you know, so that's the, he, he said that what they argue against is that it, it, they will look at that as cosmetic instead of, you know, and I'm like, really, that's just like crazy because this not kid cosmetic when I need to get a bolt from the top of the cabinet. That's not cosmetic. The, right. Yeah. Say, listen, <laughs> One day, my son will starve to death without this. Right. <laughs> how's, how's he going to get a bowl? And so, exactly. yeah, yeah, please, you can make you trust me. The okay. doctor. It sounds to me like what your doctor's saying is, I know how to get this through. And yeah. so, so good for you. I just, you know, it's interesting. Just and I, my son would kill to for growth hormone. I, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Jeez, like, I would. I'm five two, so <laughs> well, my son's tall. He just wants to be taller, and 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 so he would, uh, you know, he would. I'm assuming he would take the life of another human being for another inch of height. I I'm, I, I think, uh, and he's a decent person, but I think that's how much it means to him. Uh, you no, know, it's just it's really interesting. I'm five nine, and hmm? I feel it's funny around most people. I feel taller uh-huh. when I get around someone who's taller than me. It is really obvious that I'm not tall. 
Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? Like it's uh-huh. as soon as you meet a guy who's six two, I'm like, oh, I'm like his child. He looks at me like right. like I'm a like I'm a small person that he met at the park, and I he has, <laughs> he has to bring me back to my parents now. Um, you, you know, but when I meet a guy who's even five eight, or or I stand next to a woman who's my you know my wife is five nine, and uh-huh. sometimes I stand next to a woman who's like five three, and I think, why did I not do this? Like why? <laughs> Why did I not try harder to find a woman who I stand next to and I feel really super tall? And and and, and joking aside, um, it doesn't help my wife to feel feminine to be standing next to a guy who, when she throws heels on, is three and she's three inches taller than. Like so, I was like, I could have made everyone much happier by trying to date shorter women. And so, um, I do sometimes consider that, but not as that's seriously. hilarious. Yeah, please, you know what I mean? Like, there's I, sometimes yeah. I'll have a conversation with a couple of moms, and I walk away, and I realize I feel better about myself. I know that's <laughs> ridiculous, right? Not just because women who you haven't been married to for twenty years actually seem to care what you're saying, but um, but, but because like it's it's the height thing, and so it's yeah. more, it's more important than that's a very long way of saying it's more important than just how I look. You know, like there's mm-hmm. I can tell you for sure. It's it's important to how you feel about yourself too, you know. So. I would so wholeheartedly agree, and I think especially for guys. I mean, girls, you know, I I feel sometimes like I look like a, I I feel like I do sort of get treated like a child at times. I'm kind of like really like you know people don't always take me as serious. Thank goodness I have a large personality and it ends up working out okay. But um, no, it's but it it is it's very um, it's something to overcome. Like it, yes. it genuinely you're is. always mm-hmm. yeah. you're always overcoming it. And one of my really, really close friends is so funny. She's a six foot tall woman, and here I am five two, and we walk around together and like we feel like we have so much in common because, you know, it's like that the opposites. Like she gets treated differently. Like she was always like, Oh, you know, oh, you must play basketball, you must play volleyball. And she's like, actually, no, I don't. You know, I play tennis and that's what I want to do. <laughs> you know, it's the assumptions and the weird, you know, things that you get. And same thing with me. People put their rest their head on my sh- on my head or rest their um, <sighs> elbow on my head, you know. That's delightful. <laughs> right. Or they pick me up and I'm like, no, 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 I mean they don't do it anymore. I'm forty one. But pick you know me up. Hi, oh. you have no control over what you do. I'm just coming here. You're, you're, look how adorable you are. That, that's listen, um, this is I can tell you this, it's going to be a surprise, but your episode will happen after this, so it doesn't matter if we talk about it now. But tomorrow, I'm interviewing uh, the actor Derek Feller from the show Baby Daddy. He has oh, he yeah. has type 1 diabetes, but he's also slightly over 6'5", and as I look at what I'm going to talk to him about, my notes, all I want to say to him is, how cool is it to be 6'5"? Like, that, that's... <laughs> That's all I want to ask him. You know, like, like totally. I, can't, I can't get past any of the other things on my notes. I just keep looking and going. At, at one point, I thought, "Oh my God, he's eight inches taller than I am. Like he's right. like he's like two thirds of a newborn baby longer than me. <laughs> like 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 just you know, he must look at me and be like, "Oh, are you okay? Like like yes. how, how do you exist? You, you know? And I don't know. He probably doesn't know because he's handsome too." Anyway, oh my god! Yeah, you should so. invite him over and see if he can help you paint trim or something around the house. Like <laughs> something insulting about it. it's like, can you get that no, cobweb out of the corner for me, please? Um, <laughs> I've just been looking at it. I don't feel like going to get the broom. Uh, right. But 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 no no he's um I I hope it's going to be really interesting. He was diagnosed when he was two, so I think it's going to oh, be a, wow. a really cool um conversation. So that will be awesome. Yeah. That's so great. But I just brought it up because he's six five, and I just like I like I said, I have a handful of notes here in front of me, and I'm like. 
I'm gonna. I know when you listen to that episode, I guarantee I'm gonna launch into how tall are you five minutes into it because I'm fast. For sure. Because I'm fascinated by it. Like you know, it's not not everybody gets to be that tall. Like it's really it's really kind of cool. So anyway, it is cool. Mm-hmm. It I, is really cool. Well, I hope your your son is approved for the you know for the therapy because you know it just sounds like it would be right for him. You know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Thank you for the thoughts. And, and yeah, I, I am really ex- hoping that we can move down that road. And, you know, I, I, like you said, I think psychologically, you know, I think there's just some self-esteem that kind of gets, gets tied up in that a little bit. And yeah. I, I wouldn't want, you know, he's already has celiac. He already has type one diabetes. Let's not give him one more thing that's preventable. You know what I mean? Like right. this is preventable and he can, he can be and more of an average height guy if, yeah. if we move forward with this, you know, therapy. I, I hope so. So too. And by the way, thank you too. I don't even have to do an Omnipod or a Dexcom ad because of how you talked about your technology today. So uh, let's <laughs> just say now, if you want to learn more, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box or Dexcom.com forward slash juice box for more information. There we go. All done. Uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. And it's funny too. Um, it is really I, I don't know if it's interesting or if I find it exciting or not, but I don't ask people what they do to manage. Like I, you can, you know, vouch anybody who's been on the show vouches. I don't ask details about your life. I don't ask, like we figure them out while we're talking. And mm-hmm. so, but more people than not are like, Oh, I use an Omnipod or I, you know, I, we have Dexcom or something like that. And I'm like, wow, it's, it really is growing, you know, just in the community in general. Like, I think that's, I really do think that's fantastic because Dexcom would probably tell you that their biggest problem is, is that not enough people know what it is yet. And right. So, and so um, I just think it's exciting that, that, it, that it's making its way, you know, around. I think it's so valuable. And we are going to have to say goodbye because we're over an hour, but do you want to guess Arden's blood sugar? I would say it is 111. 99. Woo! Good guess. Nice. Very nice. Good guess. I just really appreciate you coming on and, and thank you so much. Do you have a blog? I didn't ask you anything about it, but it's, it was in your email sign off or is that for your business? Um, it probably was for my business. Yeah. Okay. So I just have a website that goes to my fitness studio. So we do have a blog on there, but it, we have a guest um, who writes it. So she's right. one of our members who writes it. And so is your studio in Minnesota? It is. Yep. It's in our little downtown area here in Rosemount. Cool. What's the, yeah, what's cool. the web address? Um, it is Nikki, N-I-C-K-I-E, Kerrigan, C-A-R-R-I-G-A-N, fitness.com. And our studio is called The Warehouse. So, Well, if you're local, uh, check it out. That sounds yes. really cool. Great. Thank you again, Nikki. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Love your podcast. No, thanks. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Yes, you have an awesome day. You too. Wasn't Nikki fantastic? Yes, she was. I thought you were thinking that. That's why I said it. I think we're thinking it together. Thanks to Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring the podcast. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox and Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more. I also have a giveaway going on in the blog. Let me look real quick and see when it's over. I think I might know off the top of my head, but it turns out that I don't. Hold on. What I can tell you is it's Ardensday.com forward slash giveaways. And it runs till January 12th at midnight Eastern time. She get about three more days if you're downloading this in the first couple days, giving away some stuff. Go take a look, ardensday.com forward slash giveaways. If when you get there, this giveaway is over, it's after the 12th of January, 
There's sometimes giveaways happening constantly all the time or throughout the year. You never do know. 